At the beginning of this year, we introduced the theme for the year of 2020 as perfect vision, seeing as God sees. A day or so after the introduction of that theme, our very own Elder Bill Lloyd sent me a message, and he sent me this song that they sung earlier, and it blessed me in a special way. And he said, listen to this. It ties into what God is doing. And I could not stop. <laughs> could not stop listening to it. And God says, I want you to preach that during consecration. Now, you've got to understand that when he sent me this, we had not even gotten to the first Sunday in January. And God said, I want you to hold it because it's hard to hold good stuff. <laughs> I wanted to preach it right away. He says, no, hold this. This is a message for ordination, consecration, and rededication. And with that in mind, I invite you to go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 15 through verse 17. Now, I just want to say that I don't, and I don't plan to rush this. And I know we are a little longer than normal. But look at somebody and say, don't you miss this. Don't you let a nap cost you. Amen. And some of you can stay at games three and four hours in bad weather. I'm going to look the other way. I don't want to look at no particular college team, but for bad teams. Amen. And we hang in there. And God says, this is for the kingdom. Look at somebody and say, this is for the kingdom. 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 15, the New International Version. Hear what God has to say to us today, this first Sunday in February in the year 2020, this service of rededication, dedication, and ordination. Verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So he answered. So the prophet Elijah answered and said, do not fear for those, don't miss this, who are with us are more than those who are with them. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, did you catch that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And here's the subject. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray 
open his eyes that he may see. And the church that loves God's word said, Amen. Amen. I've got to do this. Reach over and catch somebody by the hand. Amen. Hold those hands. This is consecration. We got to unite on this. In fact, do me a favor. Cross the aisles and just, just everybody, just close the spaces. Close the spaces. Amen. All in the balcony, on the choir. Amen. The words of the subject are the words of the song. Two words. Look at someone, squeeze those hands and say, the awakening. The awakening. Now hold those hands and say, pray, pray. That, the Lord that the Lord will open our eyes. <laughs> Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. <laughs> you may be seated. The awakening. Mm. Pray that the Lord will open our eyes. As I began to pray on this message, when, when Bill sent me this, amen, I think it was a Saturday, and I just began to pray on this. And the first thing God said to me is this. First point, because in my sermon preparation, I often pray that, Lord, I don't want to prepare a sermon that's intended to impress people with what I know. I want to share with them what you want them to know. And the Lord said, with that in mind, first thing I want you to say is this. One of the greatest challenges that many of us as people of faith face, listen to what the Lord said, is the inability, the inability to see or to recognize the work of God in the midst of a crisis. God said it's hard for people to see me when stuff is breaking out all around them. Hard for folk to see what I'm up to when there is a crisis. And then God went a step further, Deacon Simmons, and God says, this is particularly true. And this is what I want you to catch. When the crisis is personal. <laughs> it, it, it is one thing to see God in other folk crisis. We're good at that. Oh, baby, God will make a way for you. We're good at saying, baby, just keep praying because God is able until it comes down our driveway. Am I right about it? Of the glory until it parts in front of our house. It's all right when it's somebody else's child. But when it's your child, your family, your health, your career, it becomes personal. It's easy to give advice that God is a heart fixer until you get heart disease. <laughs> until you need the open heart surgery. 
then it becomes personal. Then it becomes, God, can I believe that you can do what I've said you can do for others? Because here's the truth of the matter. I've come to this realization that a lot of our spiritual utterings are just platitudes. <laughs> Don't y'all get mad at me. Here's what I discovered, Madison, that people have been around this so long. They've been around church and church culture so long that before they even think about it, the words just roll out of their tongue. Somebody comes and pray for me. Uh, I'm going through something. And they'll say, Pastor Lawson, oh, trust God. When you think about it, it just comes out. That's what you're used to saying. Until it hits you. Amen. Somebody once said, and I'll never forget, a problem is what other folk go through. A crisis is what you are going through. When it hits you, when the rubber hits the road, and you've got to figure out, how am I going to make this mortgage payment? And I have no money. How am I going to make it when my family is falling apart? Ooh, doing times like these. Here's what God says. He says, I need you to share this with them, Daryl. He says, we must have faith to see what those who have no faith, or those who do not live by faith, can't see. And we must have the faith to do what those who have no faith and do not live by faith cannot do. I'm preaching to somebody. What separates us is that we're in the same situation seeing the same thing through the natural eyes. But our faith gives us ultra x-ray vision <laughs> that you can see beyond the obstacles. You can see beyond that which obstructs everybody else. And you can see the hand of God already working it out. That's why people can't understand your praise. And they don't understand. Well, you look just as bad off as I am. Why you haven't lost your mind? Why are you unworried when you get the word that things are going to fall apart? Let me tell you, I had a great conversation with a young adult in this church a couple weeks ago when Prisma Health decided to lay off over 300 employees. She and I were talking about something powerful, young lady. As a matter of fact, uh, Deacon Wesley and, and Elder Joyce's daughter, uh, Kia, I was, I was so impressed with this young lady. She worked at the hospital, and I was going, I'm praying for you, baby, whatever I can do. She said, Pastor, don't worry. God's got this. In fact, God wanted me to get up out of there anyway. This is God's way of just finding something better. I say, you are... You, so, you are so young and you have that faith and some of us would have been having pity parties. Uh, see, here's what God said. She gets it because she can see beyond the layoff and already see the next job. Somebody ought to take 10 seconds to give God your best praise for your next opportunity. We 
we need the kind of faith that is described in Hebrews 11 and 1 as confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we cannot see. Look at that word. It didn't say, I, I, if I'm lucky, things will break. I, I don't even use that word. In fact, I, 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 don't, I don't even let anybody use the word luck as it relates to anything in my life. <laughs> and folk, folk look at me and say, man, you have been lucky. I say, let's get the record straight, okay? <laughs> luck is for those who walk not by faith. <laughs> when you walk by faith, you've got assurance that God has already, you knew things would work out even before they worked out. That's why I pray. Is there anybody that got a blessed assurance? Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance. Somebody know how to praise God in advance. So faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we cannot see. In other words, as I said a few weeks ago, faith is confidence where there is no evidence. People without faith need evidence. They, they need it to have worked out before they can praise God. Uh, but then there are some of us that got the confidence that God has already worked it out. And then we have the faith of the three young men known in biblical theology as the Hebrew boys who say, I've got enough faith to believe that God will work it out. But in case God doesn't do it, ooh, I, now we, we, are, we far surpass ordinary faith. I'm talking about those that got that super faith that when God and if God doesn't do it, you don't get mad at God because you know that God is still able. Maybe this does not apply to everybody, but is there anybody in the house that God is still able? Praise, know that God is still a good God even if things did not go your way. Is what God says. For I believe that in this year of 2020, may I preach this? May I tell you what God said? In this year of 2020, in order for us to see as God sees, God says, I, I, I'm going to do something. But in order for me to do it, you've got to listen. You've got to see it before it happens. Because if you, if you see it when it happens, you're just a fan. Can I, can I say, in this, on this Super Bowl Sunday day, we've got a whole lot of fans that cheer when a play has occurred. I need a pause freeze to let them catch it. I know you're hoping the Chiefs do it before they do it. <laughs> you got a whole lot of folk can cheer once it occurs. But is there anybody got the faith to see? Can I just tell you a story? I'm going to just deviate. I just want to deviate for one minute. One of my favorite stories in the whole world is Michael Jordan at 18 years old. 18 years old, New Orleans Superdome, freshman, University of North Carolina, championship game. Can I tell this story? Y'all told me to take my time. So here's the deal. 18 years old, Wilmington, North Carolina, cut once from his high school basketball team. 
And now he's Michael Jordan, tongue-waggling, jump-shooting, fade-away Michael Jordan. He gets to the championship game. Dean Smith calls a timeout. The team is trailing. On that team are two superstars by the name of Sam Perkins and James Worthy. Dean Smith tells this story. He, he gets into the huddle, and he's getting ready to draw a play, and he looks at Perkins, and Perkins kind of looked down, like, don't, don't call me. He looks over at Worthy, and Worthy kind of scratches his head. If you need me, I guess I'll try. And Dean Smith's in the middle of the huddle. Somebody grabbed his arm, Deacon Glover, and said, hey, 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 coach, I can do this. Dean Smith said he looked around. It was this little skinny freshman from Wilmington, North Carolina, who had never been in a championship game in his life in the New Orleans Superdome before the biggest crowd of his life. And Dean Smith said, okay, okay, yeah. And he, then he grabbed his hand again and said, hey, hey, coach, you don't understand. I got this. You don't teach that. See, Jordan saw it going in before it went in. Y'all gonna make me preach up in here. Everybody can't see it going in before it goes in. Look at somebody and say, I saw you make it before you made it. I knew I would make it before I made it. I knew I was somebody before you knew I was somebody. Because if God be for you, Now here's how the story ends. So you know the story. You know how it ends, right? They pass it around. Coach Smith said, draw the play up for Jordan. Pass it around, fake it to Worthy. Perkins throw it inside, kick it back to Jordan. Jordan sticks his tongue out, shoot it. The jumper goes in. Everybody else celebrate. He walks past Smith. Told you I got it. I need to know if you are a Sam Perkins or a Michael Jordan. Jordan could see it before it went in. Is there anybody know that God is good before God does something good? Look at your neighbor and say, see it. Claim it. Rejoice over it. See yourself blessed. See yourself successful. You are the head and not the the lender and not always a barrier. Hey, hey, God's about to do something. God's about to do something. Woo. Now let me tell you something. And, and we all know what happened last week and it breaks my heart. But, but let me just set the record straight. Because Jordan was Jordan, Kobe became Kobe. And because Kobe can become Kobe, LeBron became LeBron. And because LeBron became LeBron, Zion is gonna become Zion. And if you trust what God can do for you, God can use your experience to bless somebody else. Throw your head back and say, get ready. Get
but in order to get there, there has to be an awakening. In order to get there, you have to see yourself after you were cut from the basketball team. You have to see yourself after they've dogged you out, after folk have written you out. And God said to me in this year of 2020, I'm going to bring a great awakening, a mighty move of God. Here's the bad part. Everybody won't see it. God, I hate to say that because when he showed me that mother, it broke my heart. God told me to stop in the middle of the preparation. He said, put your iPad down. Don't type another word, but I'm going to give you something. And I want you to lay on your face when I give you this. Everybody won't see it. Everybody won't get it. And he says, before you preach this message to anyone, before you write another word, lay on your face and ask God to make sure you get it. Y'all excuse me. That's why I've got to preach this. If y'all got to leave, I understand. But God says, Darrell, before you bring this to 2440 Atlas Road, lay on your face. And I did for 30 days. And I want to make sure you get it. Because you can't say open other folk eyes if you don't believe God can open your eyes. And God says, I'm about to open your eyes. And I'm going to show you some stuff. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, and some of it is just ugly. I'm going to show you not just those that are with you, but I'm going to expose those who you thought had your back, who never did have your back. I'm going to point out who the real haters are. You've got it all wrong. Don't be disguised by the cheerleaders because everybody cheering ain't pulling for you. God says... I'm going to bring something. I'm going to have an awakening in your life. But here's what he told me. He says, but when I show it to you, don't change a thing. Don't change how you react to them. Don't change how you talk to them. Don't ever let them know you know because God showed it to you. My dad used to say all the time, what God gave my father was the one thing he prayed for was a discernment. You remember that Mother Jackson? He used to say when everybody else wanted degrees and stuff and they wanted theological ability, God says, Bishop got on his knees and said, God, give me a discernment. Let me see, Al, what nobody else sees. Let me go down Atlas Road and see land and say a village. Let me see young people saved and nobody else sees it. Get ready because when God has an awakening in your life, but here's what he also will show you. He'll show you who your haters are. Joseph had the ability to dream, but Joseph didn't have a discernment. Because if Joseph had a discernment, he would have kept his dream to himself. Y'all have to excuse me, I got to preach this. 
And God says, Joseph, I showed you something. But notice in the book of Genesis, Matt, God never told Joseph to share that dream with his brothers. God showed it for Joseph edification, for Joseph to be blessed. Some things God's going to show you about you is not for you to share it with anybody else. God said, I just need to show you what I'm going to do in your life. There are people who can't handle what I'm about to do in your life. Tell somebody, get ready, get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Throw those hands up and say, open my eyes. Show me, Lord. Show me. Y'all excuse us. I feel an awakening. I sense an awakening. I sense that God is on the verge of showing you something that nobody else can handle but you. Touch two people and say, get ready before 2020 is over. God did it, Sarah. God's gonna do it again. Look at somebody say, before this year is over, God's gonna take the blinders off and show you something has not seen, ear has not heard. Y'all excuse us, that deserves a quick praise. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Somebody throw your hands up, say, do it, Lord. Somebody say, have your way, Lord. Say, move, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Do what you want to do. Move in a mighty way. I'm ready, Lord. I am in position. Ah, have your way. I'm trying to get to the text, but I can't get to the text because I'm stuck right there. God says, I'm about to do something for you that nobody else can explain or understand. And sometimes, catch this, say, neighbor, sometimes you've got to give God a public praise over a private deliverance. Tell somebody, when you see me praising God, don't try to figure it out. Don't try to ask for an explanation. Woo! Is there anybody in here got a quick public praise?
over a private thing. All right, y'all got 30 seconds to give God a public praise. Here's the text. Take your seat. Here's the text. Here's the text. <laughs> Y'all excuse me. Here's the text. Elijah. And, and, and God showed me this in between services. You know the story of Elijah? You know who preceded King Jeroham, the good king? Ahaz and Jezebel. <laughs> so most of his ministry, he had been under the affliction and the persecution of evil, wicked people in his own kingdom. But as God would have it, God moved Ahaz and Jezebel and sent him a righteous king. And because God sent Elijah the prophet, a righteous king, he began to prophesy in the king's life. He began to speak prophetically to the king and showed him the strategy of his enemy, the Syrians, even before they made a move. May I preach this? I know y'all are ready to go, but somebody say, take your time, pastor. Here's what God did. God began, God, God says, I, I'll, I'll put people in your life that'll help you see what your enemy is going to do even before your enemy does what the enemy is going to do. And so Elijah began to speak to the king of Israel. He began to say at a such, such time, the king of Syria is going to make a move. You need to go the other way. And he did it so often uh, whew, that the king of Syria was offended. Now history tells us this was perhaps King Benadad of Syria. And he was offended. And he called his advisors to his chamber. Thinking that he had a spy on the inside. You know the story. And he says, which one of you on the side of the king of Israel. And somebody spoke truth to the king of Syria and says, none of us king, but there is a man of God with ultra x-ray vision who can see what you are planning even in your boardroom. Oh, somebody just caught it. King of Syria was so angry. He says, if you can find this man, Tell me where he is and I will send an army out to destroy him. Someone say he is in a place 11 miles from the capital of Israel in a place called Dothan. There he makes his camp. And if you go at night, you can surprise him in the morning. So the king of Syria sent out an army at night. He was going to ambush 
Elijah, only two people in the camp. Elijah and the servant, perhaps some other servants who were students of the prophet. And so, as the night begins to unfold, whew, may I preach this? Whew, the enemy loves to sneak around at night. But as the night began to unfold, the king of Syria had his men positioned all around Elijah's camp in Dothan. But Elijah had the best sleep of his life. When you know and you know and you know God is on your side. Who am I preaching to? Look at somebody say, you can sleep through trouble because you know the God you serve. And so the next morning, Elijah and his servant, here's what the text doesn't tell you. The text tells you that the servant, and you think by reading the text that the servant got up before Elijah. But in fact, history tells you in the original Hebrew that they both got up. They both went outside the camp. And they both saw the same thing. I'm going somewhere. They saw the army of the Syrians all around their camp. <laughs> and because the servant we assume was Jehazel, and because you don't, listen to the, you don't develop faith by hanging around people with faith. You've got to get it for yourself. Somebody just caught it. Just because you sit next to a faith walker in church doesn't mean it's going to transfer over to you. You Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You've got to apply the word in your life. Although the servant was around Elijah, he did not have Elijah's faith. And the Bible says he arose that morning and he looked up. And these were his words. He says, Master Lord, what are we going to do? Look at this. What are we going to do? Saw the same thing in the same place. Ah, and he said that, that he said an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And the servant said, Oh no, my Lord. What shall we do? But here's where faith kicks in. Elijah got up and said this. The first thing he said is don't be afraid. Look at somebody and say, don't you be afraid. Because he spoke something that only the spiritual eyes could see. Uh, the natural those who are with us are more than those within the service because they say, what in the world are you talking about? I don't see anybody but us and I see all of them. But when you see beyond what is obvious to the natural eyes, you see what God is up to. Is there anybody seeing right now how the rest of your 2020 is going to turn out? Don't fool me now. Anybody see yourself blessed in March, April, May? Anybody see God blessing you in June, July, and August? Anybody see God turning it around in September, October? October, November, and December. Look at somebody say, I see it. 
those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then he prayed for the awakening. Then he prayed, Lord, in order for this man to see this, you've got to show him something that cannot be seen by their natural eyes. So open his eyes. How do I know he's not talking about spirit? Uh, he's not talking about natural because the text never said the servant was blind. Open. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody right now. Look at somebody and say, God's about to do something for you that only God could do. Open his eyes that he may see. Stand to your feet. Here's the rest of the text. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and here's the key and chariots of fire look at somebody and say but God God said I'm going to show you something see Elijah didn't need to pray that prayer necessarily for himself because he had already had the awakening. He saw it. He saw it. He knew what God was up to. He knew no weapon formed against them would prosper. He knew if anybody comes upon God's anointing, they would be cursed. He knew that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up us. Do you know what God can do? And I'm going to show you this last thing and we'll finish this on Tuesday night. You know what is so ironic about the whole text? As God, as I said this morning at 8, look, as God opened the servant's eye, guess what he did to his enemies? Somebody just caught it. Let me say it again. As God opened the servant's eye, he closed the eye. Of his enemies. Can I tell you something that God told me? God says, as I bless you in 2020, to those who came out against you, I'm gonna do for them what they thought would be done for you. I, I, I am I am gonna bless you at the same time. I'm gonna take away the power of the enemy to do you any harm. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, get ready, get ready. There is an awakening about to happen with your name on it. God, but you got to see it before you see it. You got to see it before you see it. Tell somebody you got to see it before you see it. Leave your seat. Run to this altar. Stand at this altar. Look me in the face and say, Lord, I need to see it before I see it. I need to see it. I need to. If you don't want an awakening, stay at your seat. But if you want God to do something for you that only God can do, leave your seat in the balcony, wherever you are. Come down. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Look at somebody say, get ready. Say, get ready. Get ready. God's going to roll back the clouds of doubt. God's going to roll back the clouds of fear. God's going to roll back the clouds of inferiority. 
and God's going to show you who you really are in the sight of God. Look at somebody and say, get ready for a mighty move of God. God's about to show you something on this first Sunday in February that will last you for the rest of this year. you to praise him before you see it I dare you to act like it's done before it's done I dare you to rejoice before it happens I dare you to act like God has already worked it out before anybody else can see what God has Somebody throw those hands up and say, do it, Lord. Move, Lord. Have your way. Move right now. I need an awakening. I need you to show me something. Come on and praise him. Just leave one time and just thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank you, brother musicians. Take it up higher. Raise the roof. Raise the. I see it. I see it. I see it. Look at somebody say, I see it. Walking in prosperity. I see blessings all over you. I see us. Wave your hands at somebody and say, I see it. I oh, y'all, excuse us. Excuse us. But we're about to declare that every demon in your life has already been defeated. We're about to declare and decree that every demon from the pits of hell have already been, has already been defeated. The devil should have took you out in 2019. The devil should have stopped you last year. It's too late now. You see it, you see it, I see it, I see it. Come on, Zion. I see it, I see it. somebody and say the awakening there are three key points to this message that I will save until Tuesday but I need you to be back 
because we're going to declare something in the atmosphere. But here's what God says. God says, when there is an awakening, all fear is gone. You're not afraid of anyone anymore. Look at somebody and say, I'm not afraid anymore. When there is an awakening, all inferiority complexes are gone. One of the scriptures I'm going to share with you Tuesday says that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. When there is an awakening, God will show you something about yourself. And it really doesn't matter if no one else sees it. This is between you and God. Something is about to happen that is only God. And I want us to do something. God, God laid this on my heart at eight. And we're going to do it now as a demonstration of what God's going to do. Every light in this building, excuse us, internet audience. But, but the, the image on the screen remains. Every other light is off. And God told me to do something. Come with the song, all of them, spotlights, everything. Off. them what you doing something right Somebody's now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now take your arms and place it around somebody. Say, do for them what you've done.
you a praise partner. Tell him something is about to happen. Something good is going to happen to you. darkness I want you to try this I saw this demonstration close your eyes where there has been darkness when your eyes are open they immediately gravitate to the light why because out of darkness light then shows and illuminates everything that's been dark. Yeah, yeah, open their eyes. Lord, open their eyes. Now here's what I want you to do. Just open your eyes and look towards that where it says perfect vision. Tell somebody I can see it now. You are blessed and highly favored. God God has his army all around you. God has already worked out everything in your life that the enemy thought they had took from you. God says, I've already won this battle. It's already done. Uh, Come on and tell them, open their eyes. Close those eyes again and just lift those hands. Now, if you don't mean it, you don't have to say it. But if you have the faith to say this, and if you mean it, God will do something. Here's what I want you to declare and decree. Say, Lord, when you open my eyes, I will see things. I've never seen before. 
I will see as you see. I will no longer see those who are against me, but I will see those who are on my side. Thank you, Lord. Now clap those hands and give God a praise. Lift those hands. And we're about to pray this prayer. If you're here today, here's the difference. And God made this so clear to me in a powerful way. He said to me, Pastor Bradley, the problem was Jehazel, the servant, had a relationship with Elijah. But Elijah had a relationship with God. Uh, somebody just caught it. God says, it, it's, it's not enough for you to have a relationship with somebody with faith. You've got to have a relationship with the person who gives you the faith. Because Jehazel's relationship was with Elijah, he was totally dependent on what Elijah could see and what God declared to him. But God says, I'm about to show you something for yourself that you don't have to wait Pastor Lawson up or call Pastor Mack or Pastor Jackson or Bradley or Cuff or anybody else. You can see it for yourself. Amen. Here's the question. Is there somebody in this audience who wants to go beyond having church attendance? Because you do know church attendance is not a relationship. Just like you do know that everybody that comes to your house does not have a relationship with you. Ooh. God says, now here's the challenge. Relationships involves commitments. That's why people are not always so easy to go into them. But when you do, God will show you something that only God could show you. Here's my challenge and question to you today. After this prayer, is there anybody that wants to take whatever you have with God beyond just attendance? I said, God, I need a relationship. That's you committing to God, not necessarily the Bible way. Just, I need you to do something that only you could do. Close those eyes. Lord, I thank you. Bless you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for giving me the time to preach this message today. Thank you for those who so patiently uh, heard this word. Now you're doing something. Bless those that are still viewing by way of internet. Ooh, you're doing something that only you could do. You are challenging us to see as you see. But here's the key. Before we could see as you see, there needs to be an awakening. You need to open our eyes uh, that we stop seeing things that makes us afraid. We stop seeing things that makes us timid or insecure. <laughs> and we see, catch this, we see the help around the trouble. <laughs> Not just the trouble. 
we see the deliverance that's surrounding our trouble and we know that you are able this is our prayer in your name we pray and everybody that trusts God to do what only God can do as they cut these lights on all over this building you open your mouth you lift your hands and you begin to tell the Lord thank you come on come on you begin you begin to tell him thank you look at somebody and say it's already done if you want to make that commitment if you want to take your relationship beyond attendance if you want to commit to God right now just meet me at this altar yeah we we'll wait come on that's right God's calling somebody God's challenging you right now come come stand right here say that's God bless you anyone else God open open wherever you are thank you come on so I wherever you are right now God's calling you look at God Look at God. So God's doing something right now. Give God a hand of praise open for the open. Eyes, Lord Jesus. So we can see. Yeah. Somebody else. Look at God. God's doing something right now. Come on. You've got to step out on faith right now. Open their eyes, You've got to trust God. Somebody else is coming. That's right. Bring her to the altar. Look at God. Oh, God, open their eyes. Just lift those hands and say, Others are coming right now. Come on. Look at God. Open, open, open their eyes. Come on, Zion. God's doing something right now. Somebody else ruling. Open mind. Give God a hand of praise as we escort them. In fact, if it's not asking you too much, can you give God a standing ovation for these? Look at God. Open my Give God a prayer.